get AT bag as its wheel here. Uh, sorry if I sound a little bit broken. I am a little bit broken. I'm about as broken as my mic stand was after the stand-up show at LA Podcast Festival on the weekend. Uh, look, if you saw the live stream, uh, you know what happened. Uh, the dollop and Tofop Live were uh, two of the most uh, fun experiences that I've had on stage. Uh, but it's fair to say that I left it all on stage. Maybe that's just someone trying to justify their alcoholism in the name of entertainment. But, but I like to think that we just gave everything we had to try to entertain the people there. We were blown away by your support. It was insane. Uh, our room was bigger than last year and it was full again uh, to have such a great crowd there, such a supportive crowd, um, particularly when we're up against Marin. The show was uh, a marathon. Uh, if you haven't checked out the live stream yet, you can do it for another three weeks. Uh, when you go in, make sure you put the code TOFOP when you're paying on the payment page. I know some people forgot to do that, including myself. Yeah, I watched the live stream. It's fantastic, by the way. I've been catching up with some shows today. Uh, Jimmy Pardo's show is just so fucking amazing, never not funny. And uh, I had to look back at some of the dollop and it's fuck Gareth Reynolds is so funny. Um, anyway, if you want to support the podcast and you want to see the live stream, getting to see uh, Dave pretend to be a baby being breastfed by Charlie and me sculling a beer on my back and all these sort of things, then uh, download it, put the TOEFOP code in. Um, that would be fantastic. Uh, thank you to everybody who came to the podcast festival and supported the podcast and said hello to me. I, I'm sorry I didn't get to say hello to everybody, uh, but I was a bit broken on Sunday. Uh, I can't really remember how my stand-up set finished, and I certainly don't remember getting home, but I know there was a trail of my clothes and possessions from my front door, my unlocked front door, to my uh, bed when I awoke the next day. So, uh, you know, classy. That's what I imagine it was, but... I had such a good time and um, thank you to all of you for uh, for coming out and supporting the podcast and buying the merch and doing all those sort of things. I'm not going to linger on this too long, but um, I just want to say, speaking of the podcast, oh, oh, so this is an episode of Me and Charlie. This is a TOEFOP. Uh, we recorded four, so we talked for about five hours. Uh, it gets a little rambling crazy, even by our standards at the end of it, But uh, which means we can do four episodes. So here's, here's what I've decided I'm going to do. A lot of people have been asking about the live show. Uh, we can't put up the one from Melbourne because there was just some stuff in there that we'll be pushing our friendship with Channel 7. So we'll keep that one in the vault. But uh, I think we could put up this one. Um, so what I'm going to do is this. If you want to watch the live stream, you've got three weeks. That's the best way to support the podcast. And I think if you want to watch the dollop, which has some visuals in it, yeah, do that. Put in the TOEFOP code, support our podcast that way. But if you don't have the money or if you don't have the inclination, but you still want to hear the live episode, then what I'll do is I'll put up these four over the next four weeks with Char that Charlie and I recorded. And then at the end of that as a special celebration. So when people have had time and the live stream is over, um, you can listen to it. So if you're tight ass and you're like, I don't want to pay for it, then fair enough, that's okay. Uh, we'll put it out. But for the people who do want to look at it, you can get it early and access it and sort of have all the extras in that regard. Now, here's what I'm going to ask of you though. If you uh, don't want to download uh, the live stream and you don't give a shit about buying any of the merch and that sort of thing, that's fair enough. I understand it's a free podcast and I say it all the time. You don't have to do these sort of things. You can just listen to it. That's okay. Uh, but I'm going to ask you a favor. Uh, and it's a favour that you're going to like. So here's the good news. It's fine. There's nothing in it for me. It's all for you guys. Well, and the guys I'm, I'm going to tell you about. Uh, if you haven't heard the last episode of Faux Fop, it was with a guy called Seth Romatelli. Seth Romatelli is from my favourite podcast, uh, uh, Yeah Dude, U-H-H, -H, Yeah Dude. It's an amazing podcast. 
uh, do me a favor. Go and check it out. Go and download the most recent episode. I think it's 433 of Our Year Dude. Um, uh, Topop gets a shout out because it was recorded on the day where he'd come over and done our podcast. And, and there's a very funny riff on Australia and uh, and uh, Jonathan uh, getting a little bit mad because I didn't invite him on. I would love to invite him on, by the way, if, if he's listening. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, it, it's fantastic. Check that out. Check out the Eddie Pepitone episode. Check out the Shane Moss episode. Uh, there's some really fantastic episodes up there uh, for you guys. So um, thanks for supporting the podcast, but make sure you go back and check out, um, you know, new people you haven't heard of. I know jo- the Joel Creasy episode's been getting a lot of love and um, it's always nice to bring these new people to you. So take a bit of time and check them out and then go and support their stuff. Uh, one of the things you can watch on the live feed from the podcast festival is Matt Kirshen's podcast that uh, Tim Minchin was on. Uh, probably science it was fantastic as well uh todd glass who was just one of the funniest guys in the world did the todd glass show i've done that show before anyway there's a connection between all those things i'm very scratchy i've got to stop talking i've got to host a thing for abc tv tomorrow morning so i've got to be professional so this is the last time i'm going to talk today but i hope you enjoyed the episode if you like it rate it oh and I should mention, uh, I'm at Rooster Tea Feathers from Thursday this week. Uh, so if you are in the Rooster Tea Feathers area, um, you know, maybe you work in the Silicon Valley, something like that, down the San Jose area, down that part of the world. I don't know where precisely it is. But you guys will know. Rooster Tea Feathers, I'll be there uh, from Thursday through Sunday. So please come out and see the shows and say good day. All right, I'm going to stop talking now. Enjoy the episode. The following episode of TOEFOP is rated M.A. It may contain Batman references, time travel references, sexual references, lost trains of thought, and mild coarse language. TOEFOP advises that the program is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who enjoys succinct, coherent conversation that might actually have a point. Minors must be accompanied by a parent, guardian, or priest. This is John Deke speaking. There hasn't been any great advances in prison rape or space travel. That's awesome. Is it a gritty reboot? We've been talking about Batman, like usual. <laughs> World was life. It's free, you know. I travelled through time. Totally. Totally. They've sexed with happy mates. Well, you're on a lazy Susan. <laughs> it's a total fact. fact. The father of Batman, the holy toast. Fire up the fucking flux capacitor and let's get guns. <laughs> now, this is Tofop. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone relax. This is Tofop. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. I wish I'd been recording that bit where you went, how does it go? Is it everyone relax? Uh, we, we, we don't know. I think when Led Zeppelin get together, you know how they get together every like five years uh-huh. that... You know, they have to turn to each other and go, how do the lyrics to Stairway to Heaven go again? Right. Now, hang on. Is he going? Is he climbing or descending <laughs> the Stairway to Heaven? I can't remember. Is there a lady who knows or a lady who blows? Hang like on. It- what is everything glitters that's glitter? <laughs> Something about glitter, right? Yeah. She really likes that movie Glitter. Um, the best thing is that on our T-shirt, on one of our T-shirts, it says, everybody relax. <laughs> You know, I actually... And I left... That's, I, like, is it the first one that, that I did or the one that you organised? Oh, no, no. It's the one that... Um, so, Fosdite did the, like, you know, it's the, I think we're, uh, the yeah, back, so we're back, we're back yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. And but, it says, oh, everyone, everybody relax, he's back or yeah. something. It's one of those ones. When and I, somebody sent it to me and they were like, you know, this is everybody relax. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's very Tofop. But when I designed that first T-shirt, the very first one we sent out, which is just the old Tofop logo, uh-huh. and on the back it says, everyone relax. And I had everybody relax. I'm like... Is that what I said? And I had to actually go back and listen. And on di- different episodes, some episodes I say everybody and some say everyone. Yeah. So Everybody. Hey, everybody and everyone relax. Yeah. 
Some say everybody, some say everyone. It's, what we're saying is, hey, y'all, the more, relax. The more variations we have on the greeting, the more T-shirts we can make, right? Oh, yeah, this is, yeah. <laughs> you can Just have look, your alternate strip. Those guys are really into relaxing. That's what we know about that podcast. <laughs> Hey, uh, speaking of relaxing, you've just got off a plane. We're in LA. It's yes. LA Podcast Festival weekend. In fact, today is the first day of the LA Podcast Festival. It's also grand final day. Uh, weirdly enough, a St Kilda supporter and a Bulldog supporter had nothing to do on grand final day. <laughs> I was thinking about that. I was like, oh, I could probably do this for the next four years. I'm hoping the next four years and then maybe you'll have to look at, you know, not coming over in the last Saturday in September. I felt bad as an ambassador of the club now that I'm an official ambassador that when uh, they told me there was going to our podcast was going to be on yeah grand final weekend this year, they've changed the podcast festival uh, and they were like, do you want to keep that free? And I was like, no, no, I think, I think I'll be fine. Hawthorne can win their 12th premiership since the first oh one. My God, my- That's the thing that kills me. 1961. <sighs> Uh, was Hawthorne's first premiership, which was the last time the Bulldogs played in the grand final, and they yeah. may win their twelfth, twelfth uh, on the way. Yeah, well, Michael Chamberlain was saying on uh, Junk Time, his AFL, AFL podcast. podcast. It's yeah. great. I love it. Awesome. Yeah, that he was saying that basically he's had a grand final every three years of his life. He's Flag. been he's been to twelve grand finals <laughs> in his lifetime. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. You've been to like a twelve. With your team in it. I know. 12. I've been to four grand There'd finals. There'd be ones you've forgotten. Four There'd grand... be ones you're like, you know what? I didn't even like that grand <laughs> yeah, final. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You'd start, <laughs> you'd start ranking the wins. Like, like in a, a good dozen. Win. No, that was an okay win. Yeah, what, what's my favorite grand final victory? The one we've <laughs> had. <laughs> the reserves. I saw because the Bulldogs won the reserves. The VFL. Grand well, yeah. so I was saying to someone the other day. You, I saw you tweeted about that's that. That's the you're first very VFL grand final, a day premiership I've ever seen in my lifetime. <laughs> in my lifetime. It's not even a real one. Man, there was a lot of people there, though. There was like 26,000 people there, there or something. Really? Yeah, it was huge. It oh. was like, yeah, all the state footy finals. In South Australia, for their footy finals, they got uh, 45,000 or 40,000 or something. I was talking to a guy from South Australia, and this shows how ignorant I am, but he was saying that really. You were talking to a guy from South Australia? <laughs> no, about the Hello San, to the, our the San, South Australia. This is the Sanifel. Yeah. Is that what's the Sanful. The, the Sanful. Awesome. Yeah. It's like after, SA? It's like afters, afters. I never know like how you're how you meant to sort of like. Say it when you abbreviate. That's a good point, actually, because Amy's at afters. afters. I say afters. No, but apparently you say afters. Right. Because I would say afters, and yeah. people started making fun of me. No, it's well, it afters. sounds like something you have at the end of the meal. <laughs> yeah. You know, come around for afters. It's like what the hobbits... You don't have to have the whole meal. If you've eaten already, but you should come around for afters. It's like what would be in Lord of the Rings, because you know oh, yeah. how they have breakfast... Second and breakfast. And elevenths. And, ele- yeah. and elevensies. Right. Afters. <laughs> afters. Oh, you've got to come around for afters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he was saying that they regularly... Because he grew up watching Sandful and uh. they regularly get like 20,000 people. And I didn't think that we'd get that in the VFL, would we? No, they don't. In fact, they say that the Sandful is the strongest, like, you know. But that league was very strong anyway. Like South Australia is so parochial about their things. And I think that's why sometimes people think that people are making more fun of South Australia than they actually are. Because I, I, I mean, I, I've done my show, my stand-up show in Adelaide, at the Adelaide Fringe, uh, like more times so I've done it more times in Adelaide than I have mm. anywhere but Melbourne like I've done the show more times in Melbourne but literally second Adelaide I yeah. love the place I go there every year but they have so many quirky local things you know their football league's really really strong and they're very parochial and everyone has their own team and they have all these Adelaide celebrities that aren't famous anywhere else but are like gods yeah. in Adelaide like I yeah. love that like they have like farmers, farmers Union iced coffee yeah. and like it's the best iced coffee but fuck everyone else you can't have <laughs> iced coffee and like fruit chocks they just have these they're like Oh, you know we're a whole country, right? 
And they're like, nah, we're having our own stuff because it's better. And we're going to pronounce words differently as well. Take that. I don't know. Because I, I did a year and a half in Adelaide when I was doing McLeod's. Oh, my God. So sorry. Oh. I, I have to. I was being interviewed. I'm doing uh, gigs in a place called Rooster Teeth Feathers, which is like okay. it's in. It's kind of basically Silicon Valley or something like that, is that I believe. Is that a nickname? Or is that no, what, that's the name of the named club. After the, was that a Native American Rooster name? Rooster Teeth Feathers. Oh, I thought you said rooster teeth feathers. No. And I'm like, that's three different things. They don't even go together. <laughs> it was a surrealist Native American. Uh, rooster teeth feathers. Throw me some topics. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like the start of a drama game. He was doing improv yeah. back in the day. He was the guy because someone had to run the improv tent. I need a bird, uh, <laughs> I need a part of the body, and I need something that you put in a pillow. <laughs> Uh, Rooster specific impro guy. Rooster Teeth Feathers is a comedy club where okay. they answer the phone. I believe cockadoodle do, cockadoodle do. Yeah, I believe is the the way they answer their phone. I I've always thought cockadoodle do would be a great line to use in porn. Like once you've come, you just go ah oh, cockadoodle do. <laughs> or do you do it like a rooster? Cockadoodle <laughs> do. Might be a bit disconcerting. Right. Well, well, no, but that's your finishing move. Like you know, like in the wrestling. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm doing an interview. I don't think any girl wants to, like, when you get in the bedroom, is to know about what your, if you tell her what your finishing move is going to be. Like, if it is like the wrestling, because you know how they talk to each other. Right. If, like, if, if sex is like wrestling, where you say, okay, and now I'm going to put you into this position for mm. the cockadoodle, cockadoodle do right. finishing move. Right. That'd be better than the people's elbow. <laughs> Rock bottom? Rock bottom would be or okay. The DDT. That sounds like it might be all right. Yeah, it could be fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's your anniversary. You want to try something different? <laughs> Spice it up a bit? <laughs> Why don't you go for the rock bottom? How about a tag team, if you, <laughs> if you know what I mean? I mean, it's a big birthday. <laughs> um, so uh, I'm doing an interview uh, with this guy whose name's DNA. DNA. Uh, that's, he's a comic and right. he goes by the name DNA. And he told me that he knew about Australia because he has watched all 500 and whatever episodes of McLeod's Daughters oh, shit, because really? his wife became this like massive obsessive fan of McLeod's Daughters and made him watch every episode. And I'm like, oh my God, my best friend was in that show <laughs> and I've never seen a full episode. <laughs> like, so he's probably much more familiar with your work. Yeah, you could interview... Well, Brett Tucker lives in LA now as well and he was on the show for like three years. Oh, right. Well, you can totally get some credit points. I mean, this is my favourite thing is like I completely even forgot that Bunge was in it. <laughs> <laughs> but how, how can you forget when you never knew? Right, well, that's what I mean. <laughs> I didn't even know how close to it I was. <laughs> uh, so anyway, you you lived there for a long time because you were doing McLeod's Daughters. Yeah, right? and it was funny because Adelaide, for people who aren't from Australia, Adelaide has this, uh, like we were saying, it's like a secular kind of state. But people make fun of it a lot. And uh, they make fun of it because it doesn't really have, like, you know, you've got Sydney Harbour, Melbourne's kind of got the culture nightlife. Even Queensland and Western Australia have the beaches. Yeah. Whereas Adelaide's kind of... It's known for, well, it was the city of churches. Yeah. Right? That ne that's never a good start. No. Like, if people know it was the city of churches, that just gives the wrong idea. Well, and correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't South Australia, like, the one state that didn't take convicts? Yeah, that's right. They're only, a, yeah, they're a free state. So they're descendants state. of yeah. free settlers. Yeah, so they're a bit snooty about that. But well. are they? They're like, you can't never fucking heard... have our fruit trucks, you criminals. <laughs> I've never heard anyone from South Australia say that. I hear other people outside say that about South I think Australia. It, I, but I also think that's why they, like, you know, say castle. Like, no, they... I've heard that joke, and that's bullshit. Uh, they're uppity. <laughs> they're not uppity. I don't know. But when, so when you go there, it's, it's, I mean, the way, best way I can describe it, it's like, uh, 
a, a big small town or a small city. Like it's sort of after 9 p.m., everything seems to shut down. It gets very quiet. Like, right. But you've got like buildings and a mall and all this kind of stuff. So the first six months I was there, I just was trying to make friends, like wander around, but I just couldn't find people. Like it was like it'd become deserted at night. I remember when I was in Adelaide, uh, I was in Adelaide when 9-11 happened. Or it might have been like the day after 9-11. Yeah. And I was walking down Rundle Mall, which is like the mid mall. And it like, because everywhere, because no one knew what was happening in the world at that stage. And the first thing that people do is speculate that it's going to be homegrown, you know, that things are going to happen where you are. And so there was like the Adelaide advertiser going, the local angle was warning about like, you know, the oh, possibility yeah. of this sort targets, of thing happening in. The mall's balls. And I was like, you know what? Like if a plane gets low enough, <laughs> like it's almost landed. Like if it hits the top <laughs> story of an Adelaide, like you can just jump out. You'll be fine. The tallest building's your four-story car park. Like, you'll be like, you are literally part of the plane will be on the ground. <laughs> In fact, just after 9-11, people were calling uh, ASIO saying that planes are flying into Adelaide Airport. You know what the, actually the biggest, most expensive building in Adelaide is? This is actually true, I imagine. The airport. Next. So if you were gonna, <laughs> like, if you were gonna fly your plane into anything, it's very hard to oh, pick man. up a bogey, doesn't right. it? When everyone's flying to the tallest plane. Hang on, they're crashing it into. Oh no, they're just slightly to the left. <laughs> it's a terrorist. Uh, so it's kind of like it is. It, it, it's smaller, like a small town. But uh-huh. then I called you, and you put me in touch with Justin Hamilton. Yeah, who was living there? Again, yeah. no, he wasn't living there. He, oh, but he'd been living but there. He'd been so living Because I used to have a real connection with Adelaide because I used to go and vi- when Justin was well, living there, I used comedian. to visit there A lot of comedians come from Adelaide, right? Yeah, well, I mean, Heaps Limo, Justin. Yeah, there's a really good scene there in the fringe, in the obviously. Fringe. Yeah. You know. But then, so Juzzy put me in touch with his friends and once I actually f- made friends, once you, once you knew the right people, all yeah. of a sudden that city opens up. There's yeah. actually great places to go. Had so, so many great weekends. And those guys, like if you know the right, like funnily enough, because like I remember going to Adelaide with Limo when we were working together on the radio on Triple M mm. and we went to this really cool restaurant and it was full and like we walked in and they saw Limo and they moved some people off a table. Wow. Yeah. That's what Adelaide Celebrity gets you. Oh my God. <laughs> This, you are like the Sopranos of Adelaide. <laughs> a couple of years ago, Gemma and I were looking at locations for a film and the South Australian Film Corp, uh-huh. which are probably called what, the Suffolk? 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 Suffolk. Suffolk. Um, they took us on a location recce. And so essentially what that means is they just hire a four-wheel drive for a few days. They drive you around and they show you potential locations. Uh-huh. And the further north... What is recce short for? Um reconnaissance oh yeah I imagine right. yep. i'm not sure I we're just going on a recce that's an aussie thing though i bet i yeah. bet they don't say recce in america yeah when they bring like, the american producers out yeah. for parts of the caribbean five i'm the sure it's fuck like, are these people talking about we don't want to go see a shipwreck okay right <laughs> we're gonna go to recce and then we'll get some brekkie <laughs> it's a recce brekkie mission mate you want you in <laughs> uh and so they took us like, further north you head from adelaide uh-huh. um it just turns into desert like red real that's that classic aussie red sand desert and so we were looking for kind of, uh, we wanted to find like a one horse town, like a place mm. that looks sort of semi abandoned. And apparently. One kangaroo town, probably in or Australia. One kangaroo yeah. town. There are fucking lots of them out in South Australia. And this, we came across this one place that was really eerie. There's like just an old church and the roof was caved in and the doors were missing and mm. stuff. And there seemed to be no one around. Everything was boarded up. Yep. And we go back to our four wheel drive and we've got a flat tire. Mm. And it's just me, Jam, and this and this chick. This is like the start of the movie. Yeah, exactly. So we You're like roll cameras. But then <laughs> this I mean, might be like a Blair Witch thing. The, It'll be found footage. So the first thing is like I'm the I'm the guy. So the two girls I'm traveling with, are like, okay, well you can change your tire, right? I'm like, 
Yes, totally. Of course, I, I can do that. Like I've changed a tire on like a like a like a city car. I don't yeah. know about a four wheel drive. So anyway, I get the wheel out, but I can't. They haven't packed a jack, so it's like, well, I don't know how to get the car. I don't know how to get the wheel off. I don't have any sort of like I'm no bush mechanic where I can say, well, that's fine. You put an inflatable raft under it and blow that up, and so. We were really sort of stuck going, okay, we're in this town. There seems to be no one around. And we checked our phones, no reception. What do we do? Right. So, by the way, this is a great film. A a film about some filmmakers (laughs) who want to make a film about an eerie place who then get trapped in the eerie eerie place. place. And, like, you're filming it all, like, you know, like a doc. Like, they're doing the behind the scenes and it's all found footage. Yeah, right. And it comments on the idea of, like isolation yeah and And also just what they're trying to do versus what actually happens to them it's like a commentary on the idea of film so anyway get out of hollywood well well, it gets more hollywood because we're waiting sitting around going trying to work out what we're going to do i think what we'd plan to do is like well why don't we just see if we can like bunker down tonight we maybe walk for a bit so we can find something for night we can just sleep in the car just walk through the desert well no it's like there was a town there Mm -hmm. were like buildings but they're all so far apart like there may be in a farm or somewhere So as we're waiting around, we see this dude suddenly walking down towards us with this um, blue healer. And this guy's balding on top, but got like a long gray ponytail. Yeah. He's wearing like a blue singlet, like stubby shorts, yeah. you know, the Blundstone boots. And he walks up and we're like, uh, hey, man. And then in this thick like Texan accent, he's like, y'all lost? And we're like, well, maybe more lost than we thought. <laughs> yeah, really lost. And so this guy... We are in Kansas so anymore. So this guy takes a look at the car and he's like, oh, yeah, and I've got a jack. And so he goes to his... Um, he goes into this uh, shed and he pulls out a jack and right. he changes the tyre for us. And uh, after we were all ready to go, I said, hey, man, I just got to ask. I said, are you American? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, what are you doing over here? And he's like, oh, well, I met an Australian woman, you know, about 20 years ago. And then uh, we moved out here, but we got divorced. Mm-hmm. I'm an and opal. I needed somewhere isolated to bury her yeah, body. <laughs> I'm an opal miner, and uh, but now, you know she lives, and so I just live now out here on my own. And we we're like, oh, that's cool. And then he was like, do you want to come to a place check out some opals? Yeah. And we're like, you know what, <laughs> we're good. As, as, as generous as you've been, I've seen every single right. horror film. Yeah. It starts off with a, an act of kindness, yeah. and then pretty soon you're wearing my skin Look as a suit. Look at the shiny opals. <laughs> yeah. Like he's got some sort of Elvis-style like skin suit. Like, I was waiting with for him to offer me a cup of tea. Just or have, have some water. Are you guys thirsty? Some, you have some guys water. Thirsty? Like, this, Hang on, this is why, <laughs> why is this it is blue? I like we wrong colours, but we were both going the same direction. (laughs) Wow. Mm. Well that's that's uh that feels like one of those things where maybe you could have died. But it's just weird. Probably not. Every stereotype, like even in Australia, when you stereotype a redneck right. or, or yeah, a he has the right weirdo, accent. He's got a Texas, like a southern accent. It's one of those things. We that ran into one. In there Australia. is kind of one of those things where you're like uh, there is some sort of freedom in that, isn't it? Like, I mean, as in mm-hmm. like, no one, like the minute you live out in the middle of fucking nowhere, you don't have to see anyone anymore. You don't give a shit that you're going bald or that you have to like, <laughs> you know, grow a big fucking pony. Like no one cares. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you're just like, fuck it. I'm just going to, I would, I'd be interested to see what I was actually like if I was in a place that wasn't shaped by other people's perception of me. But not only, but not only that, there is no stimulation of any kind out there. Like it's literally, like it's not like you've got a beautiful like trees or a creek running by or anything like that. Like he's surrounded by red sand. Right. So he has no stimulation intellectually and he has no stimulation sort of I mean, visually. What, would Unless, they have the internet? 
I doubt it. I mean, we didn't have cup. We didn't have. I don't. He did not look like a guy who used a, used a computer, and we had no phone coverage, so I doubt he had internet out there. Yeah, right. There maybe he's a, maybe he's an avid reader. I don't know. I mean, I just think there's some people just isolationists, not necessarily like crazy or anything like no. that. But there's just some people who like I don't really want to have to talk to anyone. Right. Although he did. I mean, he did approach. I us. mean, he doesn't. If he, have was, a- if he was a true. You know, like Hermit, he probably wouldn't have approached us. Well, right? he probably that's his story to dine out on the next like three months 30 or whatever. Years. <laughs> Until he meets the next. He's people. like, I need one good story. Takes me about three months to really polish it. Like I, I work it around town, and then everyone thinks I'm a great conversationalist. Oh, you know what? I mean, like you know, when you walk down the. So busy- you grew up in the country, though. Uh huh. So you actually, I mean, not that you knew people who were like complete isolationists, but for me, it's much harder to kind of wrap my head around right. someone like wanting to live where there's nothing. Nothing well, like when I say nothing, I mean TV and internet. <laughs> right. Well, I mean those things are confusing to me, but I imagine you have some way of accessing those sort of things. But um, it's I, I do understand the idea of like you know, like my dad hates the city when he comes to Melbourne to go to the footy or whatever. Like if you take him into the heart of Melbourne, like he get there's too many people around. Yeah. He does not feel comfortable with that many people. So I kind of understand that. And I get the idea that somebody doesn't want to spend their life jammed in some fucking tiny little apartment mm. in the middle of a city catching packed public transport every morning to some job that they did, don't like. Did or, you have – when you first started coming to the city or when – oh, you went to Canberra first, right? Yeah, I went to Canberra first. Well, that's Which, not, again, that, like that's Adelaide, it's like – compression yeah. zone because it's like – I ease like myself in. Down. Yeah. Canberra's the courtesy finger. <laughs> <laughs> it's like our nation's capital yeah, in yeah. fact that's what the top of parliament should be is just like a yeah. lubricated finger <laughs> giant lubricated finger Canberra Australia's courtesy finger <laughs> so you know that'll stop the boats who's yeah. going to want to go to that country <laughs> Yeah, it does ease your way up. But I like being in cities. Like, I'm a person who's comforted by the idea that I, you know, everything is already, always ready, readily accessible. You know, like, I, that, that's, a, that's a way I enjoy my life. But I, I can understand that there are people who, who don't enjoy that, who don't like, you know, having all those people around. And Do you ever live in fear of, like, uh, like, uh, like a collapse of, you know, just, say, for instance, if there was, like, a, for some reason we lost power like there's a power yeah. massive power outage and all of a sudden there's no electricity you in mean the city. like a solar flare or something like that yeah you know an electromagnetic pulse or pulse, something like that you know maybe suddenly, just our resources run out because we're using oh that's never gonna happen they're gonna resources. last forever Will. <laughs> last forever there's heaps of coal in the ground and we didn't put any infrastructure in place <laughs> during those good years but do you worry i mean i often i mean think, where charlie i have where that you have visited uh, could they put in Australia, say, a lot of solar panels oh, and some wind? I, don't I mean, know. is there I mean, anywhere? Look, I, look, I in would that back country? solar panel if I felt like Australia was drenched in sun, like perhaps more sun than any other continent on the planet, and right. we had lots of empty space. Finally, that hole in the ozone layer actually comes in handy. <laughs> We're getting some fucking pure sun here. Oh, it's so depressing. Okay, so the power goes out. So the power goes out. I have no applicable skills in that situation. Oh, of course not. No, but oh, you, no, grew you up do. In the country. No, you're the internet then. Because that's when you come back into your own. <laughs> yeah, right. I would argue right now you have no skills. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, but as you said, you've got a great memory for all those like Bullshit. quirky things. All the things that we now look up on our phone. But the minute that shit goes down, you actually come back with superpowers because you've retained that. Whereas like the rest of us have outsourced that. So none of us remember anything anymore. You- so like when shit goes down, we still need like, 
entertainment, right? You'll be the equivalent of the fantail wrapper or the fucking amusing juice lid that has a little fact on it. And you can just go from town to town like a littlest hobo dishing out little people like, hey, remember in Back to the Future when... You know what this is? You are actually giving me the seed that I need to become earth's greatest villain oh yeah, yeah right. because now that's i why have the, the pa- motivation yeah. <laughs> that's why the power goes down yeah because i was like, this conversation yeah <laughs> because it's like i if i if yeah. i take out all the power then people have to come to me to find out oh who started in episode 12 of growing pains who did i don't know just, okay. that, that was a bad example <laughs> well don't give away all your secrets now because <laughs> people will be able to look it up what well, was they've got the internet oh uh, look i'm sure it was uh matthew perry when he played uh, tracy gold and it'll be one of those things where people can't quite tell what the plan is so that you'll have a period of time where you just make sure that everybody burns encyclopedias. Yes. And it'll be like, you know, yes. you know like so people, and some people start to go, hang on, there just seems to be someone around the world who's illuminating all... Information. Information. Isn't that and kind then of what, you take down the internet. Isn't that kind of what North Korea is? I mean, <clears throat> don't they just like, there's no... It's, it's only government-generated right. gener- information, yeah. right? Yeah, that's true. So, or you could just go to North Korea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can. Can st- you go to North Korea? I mean, I think you can go. I think whether you get out again is the problem. Really? Yeah, I believe that. Like, I keep uh, reading about Westerners getting locked up and stuff over there. People are over there trying to make documentaries and blah blah blah. So, I think they have a pretty. And like, I no- mean, they're a tyrannical, brutal regime. I know we joke about them a lot because, like, you know, there's so many crazy things as well. But like, it's also. Sometimes I think we almost joke about them too much because it makes people think that like, oh yeah, it's like Team America, World Police, but it's not. It's like terrible human rights abuses on so many different levels. A Vice, I think it was on Vice, (laughs) uh, vice vice.com where there Uh were uh, regularly people are kidnapped from North Korea and put onto trains or flown to Russia, to parts of Russia uh, and put into factories for the Russian mafia to work on that. But these people, they don't actually know that they're not North Korea anymore because when they're kidnapped, right. they have like hoods put over their head and they're transported with that knowledge. And so then when the hoods come off, they still think that they're in North Korea. Right. That happens. Yeah. In our world. That happens in our world. And we're like, ah, look at, <laughs> look at his look stupid hair. Look at him singing a song. Seriously. You can't say L. These idiots. <laughs> yeah. It's insane. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's pretty crazy. But yes, it certainly is one of those things. I know in that country, it's very much like, you know, that they've, you know, I think uh, particularly Kim Jong, Kim Jong Il, I think though, who was his dad, dad. I think he was like famous for, okay, yeah, I might even look this up because this is a good opportunity for me to look this up. Like, but you know, Kim Jong, I think he's won like Olympic medals. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, there's all these sort of like. Uh, well, that's the joke. We, you know what? There's a perfect time to throw in the Tofop hold music. Oh, uh, yeah, that's good. Uh, so, oh, yeah, we can just. <laughs> that's actually, I forgot to tell you when I sent you that hold music. Yeah. You only need to, it loops twice. <laughs> you only need to play the first half of the loop. Right. And someone pointed it out on Twitter saying, hilarious that Will and Charlie have looped the hold music. Yeah. <laughs>
Okay, I've just clicked on the first episode, the first link I found for this. Kim Jong Un. Um, Kim Jong Il. So that's the date, right? So the headline of this story, uh, which is yeah, okay, from the New York Magazine. So, like you know, it's not. Uh, so let's have a look and see this. Uh, the headline is Kim Jong Il wins Olympic weightlifting medal from beyond the grave. <laughs> so. Uh, Kim Jong-il shot 11 holes in one the first time he played golf. Okay. That's one of the things he claimed. Yeah. 11. Yeah. The first time. Well, hang on. But had a shock on. Oh, so he's playing 18. Yeah, playing 18 holes. Nine. Oh, no, no, yeah. yeah. Get the day off. off. And then, like, what? Well, I mean, it wasn't nine before work. I mean, he planned to play nine, but once yeah. he, like, only, like... <laughs> he only played nine, but he was so good, he landed right. two it's more like, in oh, a, an adjacent just... golf course. Right. Yeah, one bounced out of one hole <laughs> yeah. and kept bouncing and actually went straight into <laughs> the, the next, next hole. Fairway, yeah. It was amazing. <laughs> he got, like, free, two, three free games. Once coached the North Korean's men's World Cup soccer team <laughs> via an invisible phone. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? It is funny, but why it's it's ironic that you're laughing is you are someone who confesses to not know how anything works, including the internet. We went at a discussion where we described the internet as being a magical cloud in the sky. Right. So that's not. That's when we invented the cloud. (laughs) Sorry about the nude photos, guys. (laughs) Or not. (laughs) No, come on. Yes, all women. So. North Korean met, so he, he yeah he coached them with an invisible phone, uh, but he pulled off a more impressive feat at the London Olympics yesterday, winning a gold medal in weightlifting despite being dead <laughs> for the past seven months. <laughs> is that onion? Uh, no, no, this is like a literal story. It's like no, the the dead one is literal. It can't be literal. North Korea's Um Yun Chol joined an exclusive group of weightlifters Sunday who have lifted three times their body weight in clean and jerk and in the process won the gold in the first upset of the weightlifting competition in the London Olympics. How can any man possibly lift 168 kilos? I believe the great Kim Jong-il looked over me, Om was quoted as saying. Ah, right. I'm very happy and give thanks to a great leader for giving me the strength to lift his weight. He said with a muzzle of a gun. (laughs) (laughs) An invisible gun. (laughs) (laughs) I believe Kim Jong-il gave me the record and all my achievements. It is because of him. Yeah. There you go. That is, yeah. uh, that is some tremendous leadership. Right. And when I start my cult yeah. of the human internet, I expect many a Wikipedia entry on me. Oh, well, that's the great thing about being the human internet because all you have oh to do- Oh my God, I am my own Wikipedia. Right. All you have to do is sprinkle in between the actual facts, a couple of facts that are about you. And people are like, well, he, he wouldn't- I mean- the thing he said about the tenth episode of Growing Pains was right. So, yeah. why would he make up that? It wouldn't be that hard to start a cult. No, I mean it's not that hard to start a cult. The, the, people the, are starting the, cults the all the time. Thing Terrible about people. starting a cult is you have to hang out with some dead shits. I mean, because that's mostly who goes. It, to cults. That's who going to. Yeah, yeah. So if you can, well, that's why Scientology are trying to kind of like recruit people who are like actors and stuff, and like they're like at least we can have yeah, some, some interesting right conversations. Dead yeah. Interesting dead shits. <laughs> we'll get back to they're play a bit of music going, in the yeah. corner. Yeah. <laughs> Tom up doing some impro. Right. Fun. They do an open uh, night at the Scientology Centre across from UCB, the Upright Citizens Brigade Theatre here in LA. So often when I'm doing like a show there, there's a, they, they show movies and stuff. So it's like, the Scientology. In. Yeah. At the is, Scientology it all, is it all Battlefield Earth on a loop? No. It's like like the other night it was Major League. Oh, really? Right. Major League? <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, my God. Wild thing. Right. 
after the show, I was really like, oh, yeah, I can watch Major League. <laughs> Actually, it looks like a really nice place to watch it. Do I have some personality disorder? Actually, maybe I do. Maybe I should bring all my friends and give you half my money. Um, yeah, so like they're trying to lure people in with a bit of glamour. Yeah, That's yeah. the problem with your, your cults mostly is that like... You know, Unless you have like a... Like, you know, I mean, the cult that you think of is your... The, the, what I, my mind conjures up is it's a guy with a beard in like a caftan yeah. and he's surrounded by kind of like hippie chicks. Like yeah. dope hippie chicks. I guess it's the Manson. It's the Manson it's family. The, it's the Manson yeah. image. But I think what more, more likely what it would be would be just a bunch of really just like annoying dead shits. Ah, mate, it'd be like being at Splendor for five days. <laughs> like do you know what I mean like you know you're like the first three days you're like this is it's a great yeah, festival it's like oh, even three days oh. for a music festival because you normally have a big night the first night because you're excited you're there and then the second night you can you're back up back for another up. big night but by the Day third three, night you're like really energy, yeah. nah it's time for us to go home and have a shower in a house com- yeah and that, com- and that guy a cult is day four or five the guy who you thought was so cool and <laughs> interesting on day one because he was really into like the verve right <laughs> by day three you're like oh my god I the hate you dude was like yeah, let's take mushrooms and they'll go and massage each other you're like that's great but i've got shit to do on tuesday <laughs> like on tuesday i can't do that yeah yeah that's what your cold is I'm not, have you do you know anyone who's ever been in a cult or like yep i do know a couple of people i know some really i know a guy who was in scientology um and it isn't anymore but is that a cult well <laughs> i mean Hello, hello to the people who are listening. It's a religion. It's a cult. You know, it's it funny. Every time things. we've recorded quite a few tofobs in LA and, and Scientology, always comes and up. I always get very nervous yeah. <laughs> that like laser gonna, dots are going to appear on our fucking right, forehead. Or just like, <laughs> hey guys, it's Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> just comes around and jumps on your couch. That's him knocking off. on the closet door. Right, just yeah. like, <laughs> coming through the dog door. Tom, it's fine. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> uh, we do mention Scientology a bit here. No, I know a guy who was in a proper cult. A uh, guy I used to work at uh, Triple J with, who I won't name because it's not my story to... Would I know him? Uh, maybe. You might have met him. And uh, he was in a proper cult. Tell me and cut it out. Well, that, okay. was, that was a pointless... You didn't know him anyway. anyway. <laughs> but yes, uh, so uh, he was in a cult and had to be cult busted. He, they, had, they had to send someone in to did you get him out. Did you deal with him much before the cult stuff? Did you... Did you... I, I did not know him at all okay, before right. the cult thing. So you, I, like you I, know, say, I only oh, know he, him post-cult. You know there's some people... Like, I have friends who if someone came to me and said, oh, they're in a cult, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. You right. seem like the kind of person who would be sucked in by Zenu. Well, it's just like someone who's looking to believe in I mean, something. This is a guy who was a fucking Catholic. Right. <laughs> he grew up in a, he grew up like a Catholic the world's church. Biggest, biggest cult. cult. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I've, I think that. I mean, that's a classic guy in a robe. It not is. Su- not surrounded not by, by women. hippie chicks. Yeah, surrounded right. by dudes. In fact, that could have solved some of the problems, to be honest. <laughs> Many of the issues seem to have stemmed from the fact that there wasn't women around to, you know, readily service these people. <laughs> <laughs> that, well, in that, like, hippie cult way. Actually, that's never really... You know what what I, mean? I mean, maybe that has been explored, but, I mean, there were women around the apostles. Oh, the around, apostles, the, around the apostles, right. But like, I just mean the Catholic Jesus. Church more. No, I mean like oh, the, right. the, the Pope and yeah, like the yeah, institution. Yeah. Like there's not like, you know, the cult of that. Yeah, Like, yeah, you know, yeah, because yeah. I don't think that like, I mean, I guess Jesus was kind of a cult. Like, you know, as in like he was a guy who was like saying things and then well, how do you all these other dudes. Like, how do you define a cult as opposed to a religion? Well, I mean, I don't. A religion's uh-huh. just a cult that's been around for longer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a religion is just a cult with tax breaks. A, bit, a religion is a cult with an accountant. 
That's my <laughs> <laughs> when I when I'm bald and have a long ponytail and start doing George Carlin esque bon mots. That's going to be one of my like you know yeah. when it, people will make a meme out of that and they'll put it around the internet and then they'll just be like Will Anderson says a religion is just a cult with an accountant. Take that organized religion <laughs> and I drop my microphone <laughs> and light up a cigarette and stub it on a Bible. <laughs> Do you um, know what landmark is? Uh, yeah, so that's kind of a cult too, isn't it? Landmark? Yeah, yeah. I did this. I did this play years ago, like ten years ago, and uh, it was a strange play because it, you came. We have it. talked about this. On the oh, podcast have we talked before, about it? But I'm happy to talk about well, it I'll again because no, because no, but no. I, I mean, tell the story again. I just wanted to acknowledge so people who have listened to the podcast before were like, you know, you've talked about yes, <laughs> but let's you know talk about it fresh. It's in a new context. A new context. We're different people. So this play. Uh-huh. Uh, Charlie, Charlie used to do plays for a start. This is one of the things. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm an actor. Well, now, you're a, now you're like a big time showbiz guy. <laughs> you're not doing plays. That's big time showbiz. Wow, well, you'll go back to plays. plays. I, you know, you, know, you can go I back. You can done. do like an STC or something. Yeah, they wouldn't take me. I, it's a, getting into a theatre show yeah. is very much. I'm going to open a place down the road and fucking do rival shows up against their shows and put you in them. Off Broadway. Yeah, we're going to call oh, it STD. <laughs> Up yeah. top. High bang. <laughs> First high five of yeah. this season of the podcast. And that joke only yeah. makes sense if you realise that the Sydney Theatre Company is abbreviated to STC. Yeah. Probably would have been more ha- or handy before the joke was made, but still, it's, right. it's a funny and, joke. Uh, you know what? Fucking like, you can do some of your own work, people. Of course, <laughs> in America, we'd have to have a series until we got to STIs. But <laughs> anyway, we all, you know. Um, so the show I did, uh, that it was odd because there was, I think there was something like 30 cast members. And even like when I was rehearsing, I was like, this is odd. Like, why would you mm. mount like a co-op play? So a co-op means like you, you're not getting paid to do it. You split the profits if there are any at the end of the show. It's communism, people. Yeah, shit, I'm an American. I said socialism right. is a dirty word, right? Exactly. We've said two, we've said two things. We've made kind of Scientologists. <laughs> every every and, yeah. uh, and we, I, me and the and other And the cast, NSA might be listening these days as well. That's the big thing. They can't listen to this. Yeah, they can, oh, probably. Unless oh. the room's bugged. I don't know. How does the internet work? <laughs> it's a big cloud in the sky. Oh, yeah. Right. Okay, cool. Um, but the thing about this play was so many people, and we couldn't work out why. Why would you choose to mount? It's a very difficult play to mount uh-huh. with no money. Yeah. And then, like, halfway through the rehearsal period, the co-directors told us about Landmark, and they'd been uh-huh. doing this Landmark course. And apparently one of the things when you do a Landmark course, once you finish the course, is to then go out and get six people to come do the course. So these yeah, guys are very, scheme. very enterprising, yep. very smart. But I know a lot of people have done Landmark and have got a lot out of it, and it hasn't kind of turned them into weird recruitment people. Kevin Smith did Landmark. He talks about it on his podcast. Right. I don't know. I know people have done Landmark too. I mean, because it's a self-improvement thing, right? But it's also like... But wouldn't uh, you argue that about... Don't you also then have to ring all your... Like, isn't there like some weird things about it where like you have to ring your friends and tell them like why you hate them and shit like that? No, I don't know. Yeah, I reckon... Well, I mean, that I may be oversimplifying don't you have to do that, Isn't it, that but, Alcoholics Anonymous as well? Well, I think that's like... You call people and apologize. Right, you call people to go, oh, yeah, sorry. That's making amends. Yeah. But again, that's a cult, Alcoholics Anonymous. Like, I mean, I, I'm not saying it hasn't been very helpful for some people. But again, it has a religious thing. It has like a step program. You sign up to like but, being but, you know, all these sort of things. But, it's there, still, but you just said it. You know, you know it's helped some people. And right. so that's the whole... With all of these religions, I mean, if they help people... 
then I don't have a problem with it. And I'd say, well, you have to like, uh, see. Here's the thing: I think you always have to balance the amount of good versus the amount of bad that something yeah. is doing. So, like, it's one of those things where, like, you know, that one where they had to, you know, cut off their penises to go to fucking outer space. You know, what was that? Uh, cult? The that one? comet. Yeah, the Hellbot comet, and they all had to cut off their I cocks. They had to cut off their cocks. Yeah, they that, kept was, that, that was part of it. They're the guys, they're the ones who wore the tracks. All wore white, and, and they got free sneakers. Yeah, yeah, they led with the free sneakers. They mentioned that. Oh, by the way, you have to cut your cocks off. Heard about the cock cutting off how did and did that happen they had to do that before they killed themselves yeah right? before they killed themselves you That's, could you couldn't get on the spaceship if you had a cock yeah, i would that was say like, if i was yeah. in that cult i'd say hey look i'm all for it right. cock's gonna come off right. can i just take my cyanide first then you cut my cock off oh cut, yeah right maybe there's one guy there's say there's 30 of them oh. maybe 29 took the cyanide he had the short straw and he had to do he had to go on the pair of like gardening shears and just take off cocks and then Take his own. Oh, no, nah, mate, to be honest, you could outsource that, right? Get a guy, oh, yeah. from, got a guy in from Jim's mowing. Yeah, well, we're in LA, right? You drive right. past you, those dudes hanging around like the bus stops and stuff. You could just oh, pick them up and just get some Mexican hands. Get some Mexican yeah. guys. Just uh, trim the cocks. Some illegal workers, because <laughs> you guys just, uh, it's cash. It's pretty good money. So, you know, <laughs> whatever. I don't, I don't. Is that a recent uh, unveiling the cock thing, or have you always known that? <laughs> All right, I'm going yeah, to have to go back to the Googling music again. Holy shit, two in one episode. Okay, so the cult we were thinking of, uh, this is a story from April 6, 1997 from the Associated Press. Heaven's Gate. Heaven's Gate. Heaven's Gate, they were called. Heaven's Gate members giggly after castration. (laughs) Giggling. Giggly. Uh, so, New York, after Heaven's Gate leader Marshall Applewhite. Oh, that's a great cult leader name. That is a good cult. Marshall Applewhite. Marshall Wa- Applewhite. And very trendy because, like, Apple, like, this is like, this is even before the, like, the iPod, oh, the resurgence, right? Yeah. But they're like, Apple, it's white. Marshall, Mathers. Yeah. That EPB. Oh, my God. LB's the first white out. rapper. Yeah. Oh, my God. This was, yeah, a good name. So, Marshall <laughs> Applewhite was castrated. Oh, so he. Okay, so you went first. Castration means balls, right? There's no mention of wieners coming off. I feel like it was balls and all, but it might have just been balls. Meat and veg. Uh, Cole Joy and the Joy Boys. Uh, After Heaven's Gate leader Marshall Applewhite was castrated. Well, that's what I like about a leader. Yeah, like, by example. You know what? If you're willing to go first, right? The right yeah. sort of leader. Yeah, Luke Hodge would do that. Right. It's an, this is a leader for <laughs> AFL Grand Final Day. Yeah. You know, you want a guy who's willing to like cut off, cut off his own nuts. Right. You want someone like Dipper style who's going to play with a fucking punctured lung. That's yeah. what you need. Uh, okay. So five other cult members eagerly followed. Eagerly followed. <laughs> I think that eagerly needs to be fact checked. <laughs> I doubt it was eagerly. In like quotation marks at the very least. Eagerly followed. <laughs> And, in quotation marks, couldn't stop smiling and giggling. Okay. About the procedure, says the former member who discovered the mass suicide. Oh, my God. So, this is the dude who actually walked in. So, Applewhite decided to get castrated a year ago after two cult members quietly went to Mexico for the procedure. Oh, so they did it medically. I I, I still had the garden shears in my head. I don't know why. It makes more sense. See a doctor, get it done. You know, well, well, did you say they went to Mexico to get it done? Yeah, they went to Mexico. So Mexico. it would have been like that scene in the original in the 89 Batman, you know, where the Joker's <laughs> in the chair and the guy's got all the rusty tools and he's like, mirror. Uh, he said that those, uh, he believed everyone who committed suicide with a cocktail of drugs and alcohol did it on their own. 
Okay. But there you go. So uh, hang on, a couple of things. Yeah. The guy discovered the suicide, uh-huh. yet he said they were giggling through the procedure. Uh, I don't understand. Did he not... Uh, if you said someone discovered the suicide, I imagine he walks into a room full of bodies. Right. Or did he... I don't Look know. Into them. I can't tell you. No ethical physician would have castrated followers of the Heaven's Gate cult without a compelling medical reason, medical specialist said yesterday. But the eight male members found to have been castrated could have done it to themselves. With what? All right. You have to castrate yourself right. now in your apartment. Uh-huh. You have to find... What are you going to choose? I've got global knives. They're very nice knives. That, 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 those ones are yeah, fancy they're chef fancy knives. fancy chef knives. Do you want me to do it for you? Do, do you do it yourself? Uh, I would want to do it myself. Oh, God. Could you? Uh, you know what? I would probably just want to drug myself and like wake up with it done. But the thing about the scrotum too is you'd, want to, you'd have to have a warm bath going because if it's too cold and uh, you get nervous, it's going to shrink sure. up and it's right. going to be harder to hack away. Hack away. So you want to get a warm bath or at least a pot. But isn't it going to be more sensitive to like... Oh, oh, no, it's, it's going to fucking hurt no matter what. I think you want to do it in the bath. Like you want to get oh, the yeah. balls in there like oh. when it's hot and then just like... Then carving through with that knife? Just Well, I mean, not carving. And that's a pretty good knife. I want like a, just to go just for you to fucking kill Bill that shit. Just like... Okay, so you just... Just off. So you just go grab, on. grab the nuts, pull it out. Like a band-aid. You're just going to fucking rip it off. Okay, and then how do you stop the bleeding? Oh, yeah. I haven't thought this through. <laughs> I... Uh... <laughs> Well, you know what? But you're, it's, got a sui- t- it's a suicide. I've got anyway, towels. So. I've got towels. I think you're right. I think you take the cyanide or whatever right. it is that you're going out on. Yeah. Get in the warm bath. Go quick. And I mean, to be honest, I respect a civilization that wants to start o- over again on another planet and thinks you know what the worst thing about human beings is balls. <laughs> yeah, hang on. They are terrible. Is Maybe anything, they are is making an that improvement. Says why they castrated? What no, that was? There doesn't seem to be any. Oh man. Yeah. I mean, it takes quite a level of self. Oh, here we go. The why of the castrations oh, here we go. poses an even deeper mystery. Psychiatrists and urologists agree that the operations would have depleted the cult members' drive and capacity to have sex, which might have helped them be more single-minded about their heavenly aspirations. Hmm. So they're just like, fucking, you know what? Like, I'm loving being in this cult, but I'm more about the fucking suicide different planet thing than I am about the fucking. Yeah. And this fucking is now getting in my way because it's just so available all the time because we're a cult and that's what cults do. If what they, happens if, in the cult stays they, in the cult. If they wanted them to forget about sex, why don't they just let them get married? Ayo! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a joke from before podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> BP. <laughs> Uh, if some 30-year-old guy came in and said, I'm a member of Heaven's Gate cult and I want my testicles off, <laughs> we'd, we'd say, sorry, pal, we're not interested, said Dr. Michael O'Leary. What? Yeah. <laughs> That's a remarkably casual response to someone who yeah. told you that they want to get their balls cut off for a cult. Sorry, pal. Sorry, pal. Sorry, Wait. champ. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Tiger. No go, Chief. No go, no go Chief. <laughs> Whoa, boy Uh So, but Dr. William Turner, he's, he's not the pe- pessimist that old Dr. Michael O'Leary is. Dr. William Turner, Secretary of the American Urological Association, said... Do you that- think Dr. Mick O'Leary is Irish? Yeah. 
<laughs> I was like, Arr, you, can't, said, you can't. You can't. No, sorry, cut, pal. We're not you doing can't that. You cutting your balls off. <laughs> <laughs> to be sure, to be sure. Uh, Dr. Michael O'Leary, a urologist at Brigham. Uh, sorry, no. Uh, Dr. William Turner, Secretary of the American Urological Association. Will the- Turner, also the name of Orlando Bloom's character in Parts of the Caribbean. The, sorry, I'm just sowing the, the seeds. The human internet. The, That's yeah. good. I love it. Uh, said that the cult members could have done it themselves. I have seen one case that sticks in my mind. Yes, I imagine it does. Is A it? person who obviously was very disturbed, removing both his testicles himself. Uh, he basically uh, tied a string around it, which you can do. This is a quote, by the way. <laughs> I just need to point out. None of this is from Will. No, this is not from me. He says, you. Ba- he, the, the doctor's telling what he's done. He's going, he basically tied a string around her and he's felt, he should point out, which you can do, and sort of let them slow off. Which is what you do with sheep, right? Yeah. Exactly. Well, okay, well, I'll do that one. Send them to the knackers. Just put, in fact, with cows and like with calves and stuff, you just put like a rubber bandy thing and they kind of just but fall off. How does the skin break? It just rots. Well, I guess it just like I mean, at some stage like, you're going to have to. It's like having clip like. It. Well, no, I guess it's like having like if you had some sort of thing on your skin or whatever, like, and like, you know, it can eventually like dry in, fall off or whatever. Yeah, like, it grows. Okay. But I mean, but the scrotum. <laughs> Can't believe the scrotum. Look, I've just been on a flight for fourteen hours. The scrotum. <laughs> this is not Will. This is back to the doctor, right? Surgical castration involves the relatively simple removal of both testicles, done under local or general anaesthetic. A small incision is made in the scrotum. The testicles are cut away from the spermatic cord. The cord is tied to prevent bleeding. The scrotum heals quickly. Scars become almost invisible. Hang on, but that's with the surgical procedure. And the, the procedure does not involve the penis. So there you go. You, like, you get to keep the... The meat, not the, the veg. Meat, not the veg. But hang on. He's saying that's... The sausage, he's saying the, the scrotum... Can, I can understand if it was a surgical procedure with the scalpel and stuff, yeah. but I imagine if you put a lacquer band, elastic band yeah. for our American right. listeners... We're just going to do a recce after brecky, <laughs> get a lackey band. Around uh, your nuts. Yeah. Like, they're not going to just drop off because that skin, the scrotum is still quite you know, durable, it's not going to just fall away. Like I imagine what happens is the balls go dead and the skin blues up or bruises up or something like that. You're still probably going to have to go in there. Eventually and just give it a little clip. What about, could you just... And then how do you heal the, like the open wound now? Medicine. Medicine? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, what, from CVS? Yeah. (laughs) So you go to CVS and go, look, I've just done a a home castration. (laughs) He doesn't have insurance. <laughs> this might be an issue, but what happens if you do that? Like, if you went and rep- if you went and saw like CVS, you know, just say you've got an account there, so they know who you are. Uh-huh. You know, you're regular. I'm a regular. You're that that cute Oz- arsy guy. Ah, oh, that arsy guy. Arsy guy. Um, and you come in and say, "Hey, I've just castrated myself. Can yeah. you get me some antiseptic?" Are they obliged to call anyone? Police, hospital? I no. I can imagine in America, that's not even the weirdest shit they would see that day. <laughs> like at my local CVS, there's a couple of guys out the front who I think say that to me when I'm going in every day. Again, not their fault, but I'm just like... Are they offering free castrations? <laughs> Someone cut off my balls with a lucky man. Oh, God. Yeah. So what I'm saying is don't go to the CVS. <laughs> what happens now, though? Like, So if you were an idol... They just stopped selling cigarettes, though, by the way. Well done. 
pharmacy in America. They sold cigarettes at a pharmacy. Yeah. Only stop this way. They've just been doing big Amazing. ads at a pharmacy, at a place that dispenses But medicine. that makes sense to me because you watch TV in America and one ad is like, right, you yeah. know, Whopper Maxi Burger with extra bacon and cheese. And the next one is diet pills. And the right. next one is like Pizza Hut, cheese stuffed pizza. And the next one is like, right. you need to lose weight. It's right. Like schizophrenic. Can I suck that cheese out of you? <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. I saw freeze it, uh, the cheese. Yes. I saw that billboard on yeah. the way here. The one about freezing the fat. Yeah. What Should be called f- freeze the cheese, by the way. That's a better slogan. That's what we'll start. <laughs> we'll start a rival one. Freeze the cheese. Freeze the cheese. Man. Yeah. What? So what is, do you know what that's about? Oh yeah. So basically it's like some, it's like one of those new technologies that is bullshit. Well, I mean, is untested FDA enough approved, for people to, according yeah. to their billboard. Right. Yeah. When they say FDA though, it's Fred, Dominic and Anthony say it's okay. <laughs> yeah. That's from three guys who started the business. <laughs> yeah. FDA yeah. approved. Well, in Australia, we registered for $500 when we were doing Gruen, nine out of 10 scientists, we registered that name. And so then we could just put on things, nine out of 10 scientists, do you, you have know, to put an endorse. asterisk on that though? And then in the small print, it says this is a gruen. In the small print? Yeah, who reads that shit? Who's reading that, right? That's why you put your little asterisk next to your FDA and your fucking Swedish Well, shit. that's that thing about McDonald's, right? The 100% beef? Well, Australian beef? Uh, they say that that's not true. That, okay. like, that, yeah, that's the rumor, though. That, that it's trademarked as 100% Australian beef. So then it. It's a ice machine? Oh, is that what that is? There was just like a suddenly or like a little mysterious sort Sliding of like, sound. I the think fuck's it's going on? So, <laughs> Does it make ice? Yeah, it makes yeah, ice. Right. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, that's uh, what it nah, is. No, I think the machines are revolting. No, 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 you're right. I have, that's the fucking NSA. That's, that's, how I'm, that's how I'm paying for this apartment. I'm actually, this is a meth lab. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering why you were wearing a fucking hazmat suit when I walked right, in. Right, I've got a tiny little Jesse Pinkman in the, <laughs> in the that's freezer. That's right, bitch. Right. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, yeah, so how are you feeling, by the way? Like, because now that you're like, we're like an hour and a half, like, so how was customs? How was it? What did you do on the flight? Uh, I, like, I always actually, like to know what someone does it, on a flight. It, it is it is funny. Um, I had this thing happen when I went to, because uh, I flew Virgin, but uh, when you fly internationally, the lounge you use is the Air New Zealand. Uh-huh, yes, because they're co-chairs. Co-chairs, right? And so when you walk into the lounge, there's like a, what do you call it? You know, like they have like a display, like a giant diorama of like, it's like key, like New Zealand flora and that kind of stuff. Like a little display when you walk into the lounge. Hey, you're in New Zealand. A display? I guess a display, right? Yeah. yeah that'll do. And in the display, they've got these kiwis. And I've never been to New Zealand. You mean the, the fruit? Bird. No, the bird. Oh, yeah. Okay. Kiwi the flightless bird. bird. Flightless bird. Yeah. And I walk in and like, and they're about like four foot tall, the kiwi birds. I'm yeah. like, oh. And so I, I hand my ticket to the girl and I said, this is going to sound like a, a stupid question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is, it, is that how is that life size? Is that kiwi like a, birds get? Is that life yeah. size? She can't stop laughing right. for about five minutes. And she's like, no, like that's not how big kiwi birds are. I'm like, right. okay, I'm sorry. I just. Oh, fantastic. And they're so, as big as kangaroos. <laughs> and so I, I, I go in the lounge, I take my seat, get some food. I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, well, that's pretty embarrassing. Like I feel pretty ignorant and stuff, but you know what? Maybe she won't. Maybe she won't tell anyone. Right. And I'm in the stage. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> well, I'm at the stage. So you, you have been on television for quite some time. So mm. you can't get away with a stupid comment and go, well, that's fine because probably not. So I'm at a middle ground now where I don't know if people recognize oh, me okay, or not. Sure. So hear. I'm thinking, okay, cool. You know, it was a stupid comment. She had right. a laugh, yeah. but I'm just that. There's no way she knows who I am. It's I'll, not going to be like. I'm just that quirky, stupid right. guy. Right. And so I'm sitting there eating some food and. 
she comes up about half an hour later and she's printed off like a Wikipedia entry on Kiwi birds and she's highlighted like the heights they grew <laughs> oh, to. Oh, yeah, okay. Cute, funny. Right. Ah, that's right. It's quite nice. But I'm still like, ah, well, maybe she just thought I'm that funny stupid She looked guy. it up on their website. They have Kiwikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> and so then uh, I get into the plane and this uh, lady comes up and introduces herself to me and she's like, oh, you know, I really like the show. And she said, did you have a good time in the lounge? And I'm like... Mm-hmm. Yes, I what, have, what have you heard? Uh, what have you heard? And she's yeah. like, well, just so let you know, kiwi birds don't get to four foot high. I'm like, oh my god! Right. Like, did you tell everyone? Yeah. And she's like, well, everyone in the lounge knows. Right. So that's how my trip started. Was like, so how high do they get though? One point uh, eighteen inches. <laughs> Why are you giggling at that? Is it? Whenever I say inches, I just think right, that's, penthouse forum. That's all it like. like the only, the only Because in, Amer- in right. Australia, we use the metric I've got, system. I've got the dick as big as a kiwi, mate. <laughs> 18 inches. I got, just, a little, I got a little flightless because, bird for you here. And it's not a dodo, if you know what I'm saying. It doesn't. When you're, when, if you were describing your penis, mm. to say my penis is 17 <laughs> centimeters or 20 centimeters long, right. it doesn't have the same no. cachet as I've got an 8-inch dick. You know what I mean? Right. For some reason, inch has become synonymous with penis. I feel like that's why America's held on to that system. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like the rest well, of the, the world's gone industry, metric. Most of the porn is But they're just like, yeah. nobody wants... And we're like, no, we're not going to metric until it sounds good to have a 19-centimeter penis. <laughs> and it doesn't. But in the meantime, it good. does eight, not sound eight as good. Eight-inch sounds cool. One-inch punch, eight-inch dick, 19-centimeter penis. It's too many what is What is eight inches? That's like more like... Uh, how? What, what, would the, what would that be in dick? <laughs> <laughs> what would that be in dick? Right, what's in centimeters? <laughs> in the centimeters. Um, I think it is. Uh, isn't it like four centimeters per inch or something like uh, that? No, that's not. That, that, isn't it two and a half? <laughs> oh, we're retarded. Eighteen inches is twenty point three two centimeters. Yeah. So yeah, what's an eighty? That's eighteen. That's a keyword. No, sorry, that's eight inches. Is how many centimeters? Eight inches is twenty point three two centimeters. Yeah, you're not going to tell a girl I got a so twenty point two three centimeters. Got a sweet twenty point three two centimeters for you, here, baby. <laughs> if you measure from the base, if you measure from the base, it is a sweet twenty point three two centimeters. Did you ever? If measure? we haven't been swimming, you, you did you ever measure it as a kid? Well, I mean, what is it? I mean, that's the only good as my, a kid. <laughs> Well, that's the first, when you when you start like becoming conscious. Of the don't fact you have to you start ever, measuring it when like it's grown into adulthood? Like no, I've never measured it as an adult. Measure, I only measured uh, it when I was a teenager. Yeah, post puberty. Yeah. When, when, when I, you feel like when you become grown into a size. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I mean. You don't want to start measuring it when it's like still got a lot of fucking. No, not as a kid. So I want to say a kid, teenager. Like well, were when, you doing, at your house, was it like that? Like on the wall? Like when yeah. <laughs> every year, that would yeah. be like a second. Yeah. So you've got the heights at one level, and then down Look, there, you're like, Mum, what's that? What's that down by the floor? That was the only use my ruler got. <laughs> my right. high school ruler, that wooden ruler. But I. Uh, what are we talking about? Uh, inches to centimeters. Oh no, kiwi birds. Oh, yes. Kiwi oh yeah. So that was the start. Of, that was the okay. st- that was the start of my trip. Um, and then things. It was an okay trip. My um, TV didn't work. Hang on, what? My TV didn't work. Yeah, in your seat. That's well, one of the requirements of a plane trip: is the seat, the seat belt, the TV to work. Yeah. Well, was uh, there a problem with everyone's or just yours? Everyone's. 
Well, not everyone's. There was uh, an area, though. An area. Yeah. That uh, look, shut it, was, it down. Started again. It was Did fine because, to be honest, I checked out the films and I checked out the TV shows, and there was nothing I was like, "Oh, I want to see that." Okay. Like, I generally use yep. long trips to watch films I would never ordinarily no, pay I agree. to see. Yeah, that's when I'll watch my Amazing Spider-Man two. Yep. or no, I agree with you. Whatever, but there was nothing I really. Well, cared Liam about. Neeson spends a lot of time with me. <laughs> yeah. <on flights. laughs> um. So that was okay, but. Uh, Although I will say, flying Qantas, I don't know if it's the same with Virgin, but flying Qantas, which I fly quite a lot, they're doing a good job these days with their Australian channel. And oh, I Australian find content. that like I catch, catch up, up on Aussie a lot films. of Aussie films yeah. that I never would Virgin have got do to that say. As well. Yeah, they do. It's a, that's a really good idea. Well, it's, and, it's the only way right. Australians go see Australian films and you is will, when they're... And you will see good films. Like yeah. There's some that you're like, you know what, that was actually not a bad little film. Mm. and. Did you ever see that footy, the the football one, the one about the like the incident? It was like the AFL like um, the football. Blinder? It came out, yeah. Maybe it was called Blinder. Blinder it was with about Angus the, Sampson and the guy who the guy who left his team and came back ten years later. Or yeah, because they'd been like a, a no. A mate of mine made flop. it, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Was I thought it, it was. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah what? Glen Archer. Like for a Glen Archer produced that. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right for a plain like movie. That's a. I definitely enjoyed that. I had yeah, a right. Really good time watching AFL that. films. There hasn't really been an AFL film like the, well, the club. Also, yeah, everyone springs up the club. Yeah. Like, that's that's not really a film about AFL. Like it's a, it's a film about the machination or, or every area, the club right. <laughs> essentially is what it's about. But it's not like a. It's not like an any given Sunday or the natural or anything like that where the, I went the, the action a, on field. I went saw a Kevin Costner movie. No, again, this was a play movie uh, called uh, Draft Day. Yeah, right. And it's about like a guy who's like the, the recruiter, recruiter yeah. on Draft Day. They made a whole movie about that, about the draft. Like the, the culmination of the movie is the draft. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I would love to see a movie like that about the AFL. Is it... Um well, you know what I think is happening? Oh, God. Can we get into AFL talk? Or well, we started with AFL and we can finish with it. There's been lots of stuff in between. You've been following this whole Essendon story. Well, explain it to people. This is the thing well, about... Well, you know what? I actually had to call Junk Times Michael Chamberlain the other day to explain it for me because I was getting so confused. There's, okay. so much, there's so much going on in this story. It's- so there's a club called Essendon. Now... Yeah. The first part of this story, which might make it interesting to people, is that there's like a famous story that I like a famous story, but like a story that I've told a lot and that you are well aware of, which is that when I was in uh, Canberra playing football, when I was a young footballer and I moved to Canberra, I, I played. Keep going, I'm just going to get another beer. Yeah, cool, man. I, I played a game uh, at a club called Ainsley. Now they were a club that. Uh, they had an under-19s team and then they had a seniors team. I was playing in the under-19s, but they said the player who played best in the uh, under-19s would play in the seniors that afternoon. It was $500 a game. So, like, I'm like, well, I don't even need to get, like, a job. I'm going to be rich. Yeah. I was like, I'm from Victoria. I'm playing in Canberra. I'm like, you know what? This could be my part-time job. If yeah. I could get into the seniors here, this could be my part-time job and then I can just study. Perfect, right? And I played a pretty good game, but this other guy got picked in to play in the seniors. And I said to somebody that day, there is no way that guy is a better footballer than I am. Now, that guy was a footballer by the name of James, James Hurd. Hurd. <laughs> James Hurd went on to be one, probably the, maybe even the greatest Essendon player of all time, won a Brownlow medal. One of that the greatest night, players of all that time. That night, I reckon I got more calls than James Hurd did. <laughs> like, honestly, from friends of mine who were like, no way he's a better footballer than you are. Uh, it's like the time I met Chris Hemsworth and I was like, oh, that guy never do Never, mate. Uh, what's he walking around with a hammer? Oh, hang on. He's <laughs> Thor now. Uh, so he 
went on to become one of the most beloved players in yep. the history of like the Australian rules. A, a, a Not only that, but his reputation, like he he was also like he was his nickname was Gentleman Gentleman Jim or Saint James because he was he's well spoken, well educated, brilliant footballer, but also very astute mind for the game. Right. And after his career finished, he went into the media, and so he was like and like, into big business. Like the other, by the way, he also had this and has this huge stake in this hugely successful international management company. Like it was really, you know, he was doing very well, but also doing media. But also, yeah, exactly, doing really well and completely like untouchable in terms of. I, I was saying to Michael when I was talking about the other day. I remember watching like on the couch four or five years ago when he, which was, was a footy show, a show where they sit around on a couch. It's called on the on couch. the couch. And well done, Australia. <laughs> you know, so they analyze games for you know, and it's fairly highbrow kind of sports yep. show. And I was watching him going, God, he's so like knowledgeable and so right. intelligent. And in my head, I'm like, he should never coach because at the moment his legend is so right. perfect. Perfect. It's perfect. Like he he's he left the game as one of the greatest of a players. He's now considered. He's won like, the highest award in the game. He's won premierships. He and he's like really successful in a business outside football now. Yeah. But also gets to be a commentator and so beloved and respected. Yeah. So about three years ago. Yep. He did what every Essendon fan wanted, and yep. he came. He arrived to coach the club. Right to save them because they've been going through a period of time where they hadn't had their success for a big club that they were used to so having. So basically, the golden child Comes returns back. to Essendon. Now, there's a bit of sort of controversy about it because he normally coaches will do an apprenticeship, yep. as in they'll be assistant coaches for a number of years, earn their yep. stripes. I, I love the idea that normally they'll do an apprenticeship. So like normally you have to be a plumber <laughs> or an electrician, you know, but you have to get some sort of trade. Because <laughs> coaching to fall back is not on. always going to pay you bills. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, entered coaching and there's been a few people who have done that in the past but normally it's not worked out very well people no. have either gone from media jobs into coaching yep. or straight into coaching from playing and it never really works out that well but James had the golden touch right. everything else he'd done beforehand had yep. worked out amazingly so why, so why wouldn't, wouldn't this, this work, work out? out so sorry <laughs> Uh, then it's pretty hard to like, I mean, we don't want to linger over this for the people who aren't interested in this, but the really quick answer is that it was discovered that Essen and his team were on a sub- supplement, supplement program. program. They were going off, uh, like out of, you know, where they trained, trained to take these injections. They'd had to sign some forms. Who knows what exactly has happened? The players, I don't think anyone at the club was intending to cheat possibly apart from the person who was in charge like in charge in charge of the program there is this guy called Stephen Dank who has not answered any questions and seems to have left a trail of question marks wherever he has gone but they employed him and as the coach of that club it's then been years of there just being this like you know what's going to happen like they were he was like took a suspension from the game he's just had a year off but they've been tying it up in the courts like there's a chance that all these players will take because up to two year suspensions they could get it so it's been involved in a long court case up until this point but basically they took it to court and the judge made a ruling that was almost unlike any ruling in the history of like you know basically the judge went look you can appeal this but i've written like 500 pages to cover off why that, that would won't work. fail. Yeah. You're wrong. I mean, and, and you should say why the reason why James Heard and Essendon uh, went to the courts is that they felt that the investigation by the AFL, which is right. the Australian Football League, yep. and uh, ASADA, which is the anti doping league, right. um, that somehow that they had breached the rules of an investigation by colluding 
in investigating. It was a Hail Mary. Right. Like it was a long shot. Yeah. Because what Essendon are actually facing now. Right. It was essentially someone throwing it from the other end of the court, like in basketball, trying to get a goal. And then just like a dude's come out of nowhere and just <laughs> like in a judge's wig yeah, and just, just slapped it. <laughs> like, well, I, that was where I was getting confused about it though, because what I couldn't understand was, I mean, there is so, if you've ever, sorry, that is a, a much like a massive oversimplification, <laughs> yeah. but that was essentially, I was giving you the previously on McLeod's daughter's version. Yeah. You know, but now you understand. Well, the, the important things to know is that Essendon are now like looking down the barrel. Yeah. They could, they have thirty players who are on infraction notices, right. or could be served with infraction, and notices. they could get a suspension from anywhere from three months. Now, a while ago, see in the NRL, the Rugby League, Cronulla, who also just coincidentally, I think, had employed Stephen Dank. Uh, they also turns out had some trouble with. Oh, uh, what are the odds? I mean, it's a coincidence. <laughs> uh, I, I am sure. And uh, so, um, but they took, they took, they pleaded guilty and they admitted to it and they took three month backdated suspensions as a plea and essentially they'll all be right to play next season. Whereas Essendon took it to the courts. Yeah. Which very vocally and very publicly. And if you've just been saying to Asada, like, you did this wrong, you've got it all wrong. Like, it's hard to then, like, and then get slapped down. It's hard to then to go back and go, hey, God, is that three months um, still on still the, take the... You know how you said yeah. three months? Is that still... I mean, it is crazy. And this is the thing. We're talking about, like, AFL films. I think this... Asada would just be like, bend over. We have 20.32 <laughs> centimetres of justice we are about to dispense. I think this story is fascinating. Like, if you got, like... A, I don't know, the equivalent of, who's the guy who wrote The West Wing? Aaron Sorkin. Mm -hmm. Like if you get an Aaron Sorkin level kind of writer to come in and write this story, because right. essentially- When we find out, There has I never think. been a bigger fall from grace than James Heard right now. Like, look, he has nothing, no charges have been laid yet, but it's not looking good. I mean, it's questionable whether or not he'll even be at the club next year. It's Well, I mean, this is but a guy that, that we should also point out, like when it was found that they had been guilty and they took the suspension from the AFL, that that day his club- Guaranteed him another two years at a million dollars a year. So essentially, he's just had the last year off on a million, million dollars, dollars on his doing study research. tours and business <laughs> research. So he really got punished pretty hard, which didn't. I mean, here's the thing. Here's what I believe probably like, I mean, and this is pure speculation, but here's like I've followed this really closely, and here's what I think probably has happened is that. James Hurd's come in and he wants to be cutting edge. Like he's a guy who's like was always on the cutting edge of pushing it even to the level. In, in his email. Right. But he wanted to be to the level but not over the level. I think, I think his actual email, he said that there's everyone is doing this. We want to sail right. as close as we can to the edge without crossing it. So he didn't want to. No. He wasn't trying to break the rules. I honestly believe that's probably what happened. They've got a guy in who's pushed it too far. And you know they've taken and they've made some mistakes along the way. I no think accountability. A lot, I think a lot of them were because he's the golden boy. Yeah. Now I don't necessarily blame him. Who's going to go but against there on your first thing? But nobody asks the question, or nobody can stand up and say you don't have that same structure. So I believe that's what happened. Yeah. And then he has done that thing of going instead, not having the experience and have been through the system and probably never experienced that many setbacks in this way. He's like, this isn't my fault. Like, because it isn't his fault. No. But sometimes if you're you the guy, you have to take it. You have to be accountable. Yeah. Like, there are things that I've done. There are jokes. Oh, this is an example from my life. The most famous joke that I've got in trouble for, like I made a joke about, people will remember this. I made a joke about Shannon Noel's dad and I got his name wrong. That was 
a reference, and again, I won't even go into, but that was a joke that was given to me, like a reference, a line on a bigger routine I had by someone else. Like, and it was wrong. Like, and you but, didn't research it. Right. Yeah. I didn't fucking research it. I trusted that that was right. I made the joke and I kept doing the joke and it was funny. And I was like, well, you know, I think it's all right. Cause I'm like, this is, and when that shit went down, I didn't fucking go out in public and go, I didn't say this. Someone gave me the wrong information. Like, whatever. I said, well, I said it. And at the end of the day, the buck stops with me and I've got to take responsibility for that. I understand how you might then feel aggrieved or whatever. Mm. Like, you know, I understand if James Heard felt betrayed from internally that, but sometimes you've got to do that thing of going, so then because he's their golden boy, they've done everything they can the whole way through to kind of like... Well, it's the kind of thing, it's like, it's like if he was a spoiled child yeah. and he had like crashed That's what it's car. like. It's and like the, it's like the fucking in. kid who got off for affluenza. Yeah. Did you remember that? What? affluenza so there was this kid over here that basically he got off he'd been drunk driving and whatever and like hit some people maybe even killed some people and he got off because of affluenza which basically they argued that like he had the flu. He, he, no he'd been so affluent and so bad like you know well treated all his life that he wasn't responsible for it oh my god yeah. and he got off yeah that is bullshit right yeah well it's you know, remember we talked we've talked about before with um coaches that Maybe the most talented players don't make great coaches because they can't identify with people who have to go through struggles and setbacks. Right, and like I think he just fucking what, when the ball comes down, just like jump up onto that other guy's shoulders. Any, and, since he entered the right. professional system, he's never had anything not go his way. Right. Not only that, but he is a smart guy. Right. You know, he is astute, and like you said, this is a mistake that was out of his hands. Yeah. But he has never had to take responsibility for a massive fuck up before. Right. You know, maybe if he'd been an assistant coach and, you know, he'd had a player go out in the tear and blah, 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 and then he had to fucking work his way through that, then he would have been a bit more cautious when employing Stephen Dank. There you was a what? weird quirk you in You know the story. what, also, though, I, well, I, I want to get to that, yeah. but I'll, I'll just bring it back to that Shannon Noll example again, because I want people to, like, A, like, have different perspectives on it, but B, to go, like, that my judgment is not necessarily, like, yeah, without my own fault in this. Like when the Shannon Noel thing happened, like when he got angry about that, like I, you know, I did like, you know, cause he challenged me to a fight and I still was a bit smart. A charity boxing match. Charity bo- boxing match, right? <laughs> and, and like, and, and I said, you know, can't you challenge me at something that neither of us are good at, like singing. <laughs> and, you know, but that wasn't the time for that. But because I didn't feel like it was like a justified, like I should have been like, you know what, you're in, you're in this shit right now. Mm. You've got to fucking just take it Fuck a little up. bit. You can't. But your natural inclination is you, when you go, I don't really feel like this was really my fault. Yeah. So it's like when you say, I apologize to anyone who's offended yeah. by my comments yeah. rather than saying, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. My thing is that I think if James heard, like, after, like, this is what I would have liked to say. After that first thing, I would have, like, I would have liked to say, when it came out that, you know, I would have said, Here's what we were trying to do. We were trying to push it to the edge. I legitimately, that's what I believe. I think that we have trusted someone more than we should have trusted them and we should have had the procedures in place. I never wanted this. I never would want my players to be in danger. I never want to break the rules to win. That is not the way that I've ever played this game. But I realize in this situation, due to my inexperience, that these things have happened and at the end of the day, the buck stops with me. 
So I'm going to take my punishment. Yeah. I'm going to go away and I will come back a better person and, and prove to you guys that this is not what I am about. Yeah. And I think if he had taken 12 months and done that, he would have come. Football, Australian football is one of the most forgiving games in Wayne the world. Carey still Wayne Carey still has Carey's, a career. Well, he's back and huge now. Crazy. Like, it's so forgiving. But I don't think the way they've done it, like no. he's burnt so many so people many and so many, like it's just ruined his, re- I don't know if he can come back and that's, coach. I think it's impossible, but I'm not sure that he's, like his, his whole reputation has been like, but, you but, know. And it's actually serious implication. And look, I'm not wanting to drop James Heard in this shit, but the supplements. I, I feel like this will be, imagine if this was the final straw. <laughs> yeah, right. Like he's like, the only thing that has got me through this whole thing is how much I've enjoyed Tofop and Fofop. <laughs> Like, I've been away on study trips, but really I've just been catching up on podcasts because, you know, like I always talk fondly about when Will and I played together in that one game. And, you know, and Fofop's you know different to Tofop, but it's still no. good. And I really look yeah, forward to when Charlie like occasionally bike. comes back. But, you know, it's I'm a big nice. fan. I, mean, they have I bought been... two of the T-shirts. And the great thing is, like, it, there hasn't really been any footy conversations. Yeah. So, for me, it's, like, been a thing that I've been able to, like... Uh, I just would love to cut to James Heard sitting on a yacht somewhere in, like, the Mediterranean and he's got his headphones in and just, like, tear rolling right. down oh, one So, cheek. wearing a Tofop T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> and they've got a shot of him. <laughs> I'm not sure why. Oh, God. If someone can get a shot of James Hurd in a Tofop t-shirt and post it to the Facebook page, that'd be oh, awesome. I'm pretty sure Reed will have that done by the end of the episode. <laughs> um, with the, uh, but with these supplements, oh. like, there, there is some, like, serious implications. Like, you know, they talk about there has been speculation that some – because some of the stuff they're injecting these guys with is unclassified. Right. So they don't actually know what exactly what the outcomes, was. yeah, and the and, outcomes, and yeah. but you know, look, they don't know exactly what it will do or will it, what it won't do. But no. there's risks of like birth defects and all yep. this kind of stuff. And you know, these are young guys. Yeah, it's a fucking serious thing. If they're approving things like freeze your fat, yeah. then you know you don't you're not really sure about the shit that isn't approved yeah. and whether you should be. I mean, the truth of it is, and this is a thing that I. Again, about the Australian Football League, which I think is unique as a sport, we don't have to compete with the rest of the world. I think that we should be harder on drugs, like on those sort of performance enhancing things. Take harder drugs before they play. Yeah, take hard drugs. (laughs) I think we should take hard drugs. That's what I'm saying, guys. Ben Cousins is like, that's why I I listen to podcasts all the time. (laughs) Yeah, Ben's Ben's really happy. People are like, why is Ben Cousins so happy? He's a big Tofop fan as well. I only think him and Herdy were talking about. Reed, you got a lot of work to do this week. Uh, So basically, um, no, the thing that I was going to say is that I think we should be much harder on all those supplements and stuff. Just say blanket ban on that shit. Like, really, just like you shouldn't, like, you know, like, because. Like with other sports, you're like, well, fucking the Chinese are doing this or the Germans are doing this yeah, and you have to push. But we're not. World, yeah. It's our own domestic thing. And we can set whatever level of, you know, what you need to be. Yeah. Like, you know. But a mate of ours, Capsi, is yeah. uh, a doctor at a club. Yeah. We won't, let's not give too much yeah. detail, depending on where this goes. <laughs> but no, he, but he, well, all he was saying, because we were talking about the supplements thing, and he was said, look, to be honest, no one really knows. He said, it's like, you just don't. It, the, some clubs have programs, some don't, but no one really knows if it actually has any measurable right. benefit. You just don't want to be the club that isn't doing it because when your job's under review at the end of the year and they're right. like, well, you know, this team finished in the top four and apparently they've been doing this training routine with these supplements, yeah. legal supplements. Yeah. 
so why aren't we doing it? And he said, like, you know, he talks about things like protein supplements. Like, you know, you go to the gym. Yeah. He's gone, bullshit. He's gone, doesn't do anything. The best thing you could do is have like, like a chicken breast or fish or anything like that. He's gone, it's just an industry right. that needs to be funded. And he said... It makes yeah. sense. It's an them. industry that's funded around terrible tasting things. <laughs> like the amount of times I see people just walk around eating one of those protein bars, oh, I'm like, seriously, you don't, whatever you think you're going to look like isn't worth the, like that. That enduring. Don't that. do that. Just eat something nice. Yeah. Or just eat something bad and then go for a run. Right. Or fucking lift something. Yeah. You know what I mean? The only reason, and we've talked about this before, the only reason I exercise is so I can continue to eat and drink yeah. shit. Yeah. I mean, no, that's I the only motivation I have. Right. I don't want to excel. I don't want to get like, uh, you know, a six pack or anything. I just want to make sure I can work off the three beers I've already drank. I, there is a part of me that particularly with the game AFL where I'm just like, I'm not sure it's a better game because we have super, like super, super, super athletes. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'd like us to be at a point where they still felt like on a Saturday night, you know, you can have a few beers and you don't have to be like insane about like, you know, like we want you to be world-class athletes, mm. but like there's a point a where we like athlete they already have are one night off right a week of course and you don't have to be injected by anything like no. you know what I mean like just let's just work on like you know what if you can drink it in a milkshake or like you know whatever you can have your protein powders and your vitamins or whatever yeah. but like don't but the thing about the supplement thing is well, nothing that's not approved for a start is that there are, you can <laughs> says a man who in his lifetime has. <laughs> Like, God, where did this come from? You, you know, this is from yeah. a, this is from a reputable source, yeah. right? This is like. Um, with those supplements, though, you know, you only have to change like something like ten percent of the, you know, the contents or the ingredients that, or the chemical uh, ingredients that go into that, and now it's a completely new supplement. Right. So, Asada can go around stamping out, you know, experimental supplements and peptides as fast as they want, but then another bunch are going to come through that are unclassified in which they have no jurisdiction. So, I mean, I, I think it's if well, if, that's why I mean, don't take unclassified shit. Yeah. That should be the first thing. That's exactly right. right. Yeah. Just don't take anything that's unclassified. But I think that don't is... try to get around the rules. But that like if you but that must if be you illegal follow the rules to take unclassified. I mean, is it Yeah, but that's what they argue. They argue this sort of thing of like, well, it's not banned. So yeah, but it's it not fucking but no one knows what it but is. But it's not classified. Yeah. You're really shooting just like shit that you know one's classified into young men. Yeah. Like, and not worrying about... And if you're like... Like, a, is that really what you're we a want? If you're a 19-year-old guy has been drafted from some country town and you're at, like, a major, a huge AFL club right. and someone says, hey, we want to put this needle in you, are you going to say, oh, no, I don't think so? No, me, mate. Can I just uh, speak to my doctor? For, no, you're not. You're, no. Like, you're at the club. It's like, fucking, I brought my own needles. Just put needles <laughs> in me. When do I get a game? It is true, actually. I was watching a, a um, replay of uh, just, like, a, I think as a final from five years ago and a player landed on his hip and uh, apparently that, you know, Dr. Pete Larkins is saying, oh, you know, he's uh, bruised or he's strained this thing. And you see the doctor come out on the bench and just fucking oh, yeah. jab him with this needle. And then five minutes later, he's fucking sprinting onto yeah. the ground. I'm like, what was in that? That guy was like lame five right. minutes ago. Yeah, How it's, come it, he can suddenly run again? And, and the doctor comes out like a fucking scene from Pulp Fiction. Yeah, it's exactly. like, just like, whack. But, it's, but the player, too, was just so used to it. Right. It's just like, I mean, they must just be so used to being pro, like prodded and prodded. Probed and prodded. You know, that word, those things. Yeah. That a fucking needle, you know, after training on a Tuesday night is not going to be something right. that's going to raise the alarm bell. So that's, I guess that's the message of this podcast. A little bit more probing and prodding on a Saturday <laughs> night and a little less midweek and <laughs> everything will be great in the game. I think we should finish this one up, Charlie, because we're going to try to record a couple right. while you're here. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, that's right. It's yeah, that's like good. 41 and then... A plus 18. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, like, and there was a little bit in the middle, so... Yeah, and plus the... That'll be... Uh, the, that's all right. Oh, no, that's a good start. I that's think it's a good, good start. This is a scratch match. Right. That was good. <laughs> Skin, I it was skins like, versus shirts. I enjoyed that. I thought it was good. Um, all right. So, uh, probed and prodded. That was the last thing we talked about. Uh, what can we tell people about? Uh, normally, at the end, I do some like plugs and stuff. People can find all my dates up? at willanderson.com.au. We haven't even talked about that yet. When do you think it should go up? It's up to you. You're in charge now. I've handed over the keys to the Tofop wagon a long time ago. Well, so. I just thought, I mean, we can talk about it. I, I think I think a, it's appropriate we talk about AFL and Grand Final Weekend. Right. So no, maybe no, not too I, far from this weekend. You know what? Let's, yeah, okay. So we won't put it up this weekend. No, but Because it's podcast also. festival. But um, maybe it can be the, like, yeah, maybe I'll put it up next week. Yeah. And then, you know, just depending on you how many we record, we uh, can, like, because uh, I'm back in November for a little while, so we can record some more then. So, like, you know, we just need to, Get through a bit of anyway. People don't need to hear our planning, <laughs> our, our meeting, our meetings that then don't end up being no, anything that never happens. That's why I leave that shit in. Sometimes, like when there's a bit of podcast and it's like I put it up a little bit later, and it's the complete opposite. But I always think that people might find it amusing to just go. Uh, hear, That's not even what happened. Fucking yeah. idiot. Uh, willanderson.com.au is the place where you can find all my information for my tours and all that stuff um, the one I'm going to mention Charlie is on the January 19 uh, I am doing the final night of my Willuminati tour at the concert hall at the Sydney Opera House and uh, we're going to film it all for a special um, it's going to as Eddie Peppertone said to me like we're going to try to capture that vibe of like what the Richard Pryor specials or the Robin Williams like you know just that big night one yeah. big sort of celebration night so January 19 if you want to come and see that Justin Hamilton doing the support for that and uh, if you like the podcast rate it on iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast you know tell people about it yeah. download oh, you, you know what you can do if you're listening to this and you miss po- like Podfest so we'll put this up after Podfest so we've just done when yo, when this goes up we've done Podfest it was awesome it was awesome uh, can't believe that many people came can't believe Charlie Aaron Sheen on. got on stage it was crazy right so uh People can still, I believe, download that. Like they can still go onto live feed okay. uh, at lapodfest.com. It's only twenty bucks to watch every single uh, podcast from the festival for three weeks. So oh, for cool. three weeks after, um, and so if you put in the code TOFOP, are they going to be cameras only 20 there? Bucks. Yeah. Oh, so it's will be filmed. Yeah, they're filming it. That's what the live I, stream. I did not know is. that. Yes. Well, it's a bit late because the time you hear this, I will have been filmed. Right. Yeah. Okay. Are you fine with that? Is sure, that okay? Sure. 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 Yeah. It's a live stream, so people are going to like be able to watch it live, but you can watch it for three weeks afterwards. So, cool. That's awesome. Uh, you're gonna. You have your diary from. Uh, Yes, yes. Year I have 11. A te- I have a teenage diary. I have and a horribly embarrassing emo teenage diary. I have, uh, you can see that I have uh, the remnants of a black eye here. Yeah, I was going to ask yeah. you that. Oh, no. Well, I'll tell you all about that at Podfest on the weekend. It's a okay. great story. All right. uh, and we also have uh, uh, Gareth Reynolds, who you haven't met yet, but who has been a guest, Charlie, and uh, was on an episode of Dave with Dave that everybody loved, and uh, where we talked about Russell Crowe. Oh, and great. So, so we have the press release that Russ LaRock, when he was Russ LaRock, sent out with his first single. <gasps> and it's like a, it's a, it's called a rock quiz, oh. R-O-Q. Oh, I saw that on the Facebook page. Yeah, don't read it anymore. Okay, I haven't. This haven't. is what I'm, so I'm anyway, saving, right? my point is. It's going to be a jam-packed night. It would have been great, so you should download it. Yeah, it was no, awesome. You guys should watch it. All right, how do we finish this thing again? I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. <laughs> <laughs>